Welcome to the podcast, powered by America's Credit Unions. I'm Associate Editor Brock Fritz, and we've got a great episode for you today. Let's talk financial well-being. I'm joined by three credit union professionals who live the topic every day. Meritrust Credit Union Director of Financial Well-Being and Member Experience, Chris Walgamont, SkyPoint Federal Credit Union Senior Community Development Representative, Cassandra Casamajor, and Carolina's Telco Federal Credit Union Business Development Officer, Autumn Solomon. The trio joined me for a roundtable discussing the importance of financial well-being, why credit unions made it their mission to foster financial well-being, how their credit unions have made an impact, member stories, and more. Let's get into our financial well-being roundtable. Why don't we just let you introduce yourselves. Autumn, I've got you on my left here. Yeah, so my name is Autumn Solomon, and I'm with Carolina's Telco Federal Credit Union. We are based here out of Charlotte, North Carolina. We are serving those underserved in our Charlotte, Gastonia, Lake Norman, Raleigh, North Carolina, and then Columbia and Greenville, South Carolina areas. And I get to, my official role is business development officer, but I also always tack on community engagement and financial education. Great. How about you, Chris? Hi, my name is Chris Wolgabot. I'm the Director of Financial Wellbeing at Meritrust Credit Union. We are a credit union right in the middle of the country in Wichita, Kansas. We have about 95,000 members and serve people in the Wichita area and also in Lawrence and Manhattan, Kansas as well. And Cassandra? Hello, I am Cassandra Casamajor. I am the Senior Community Development Representative for SkyPoint Federal Credit Union. We are located in Northern Maryland in Montgomery County. Um, our field of membership range from Montgomery County, Washington, D.C., Northern Virginia, and Frederick. And in my role, I serve, we are a community development financial institution. So my role is to promote financial wellness, financial education, specifically in low to moderate income areas and creating access to financial resources in areas that can be deemed financial institution deserts. Wonderful. Thank you all again. And a little bit more about you at the start here. Um, How did you come into this space? Is financial well-being something that was always important to you or how did you kind of get into this work? And then why is it meaningful and important to you? I've been in the financial institution industry uh, for over 10 years now. I started in traditional banking. And what I've noticed is that with financial products and services that we supply, the education piece gets lost in that. There's a lot of assumptions made to, at that time, customers, now members, that we they understand what a credit card is or what debit versus credit is, APY. We just throw this language at people. And I, I, talking to people, I started to slow down and just take a minute to understand what they know. And that led me into the financial well-being space. How can I promote the education portion of it while providing products and services that can excel them to their financial goals or achieve their financial goals. And that's how my passion and drive was initiated. And that's where I landed here. So I had no intention of ending up in the financial space to begin with. I came from a family with a banking background. My mom has worked for the same bank my entire life. And my twin actually works for that bank also. 
my my undergrad degree is in history. So to say I was not prepared to come into this space um, is an understatement. But I did want to teach. Teaching has always been something that I am very passionate about. I think educators do not get paid what they're worth. And a lot of other things in education could use improvements. So when I stepped in as a teller back in 2018 at a different credit union, you saw people coming in and asking questions that to us in the financial industry is common sense. But these people and these members, they didn't understand why they couldn't just borrow from their 401k or why they couldn't add money to a CD in a certain way. And just like Cassandra said, we have all these acronyms and things that the average person walking down the street probably has no idea what they actually mean. So I was blessed to move up from a teller to our lending side. And as I began to coach people on what their credit looks like and things like that, you just see the need increase. You see that we have left this vast space in education on financial wellness. So I am very lucky that I stepped into this position as a business development officer and I'm able to not only teach the employees at our SEGS, select employer groups, about budgeting, 401ks, saving for college, things like that. But I've been able to be trained as a financial counselor so that I can educate people further. And you know that special feeling that you get all the butterflies when you know this is what you're supposed to do? This is what I was meant to do. So the the years I spent in college learning to be a history teacher that didn't kind of stick were preparing me to be able to teach financial wellness and financial well-being. I have a story similar to Autumn's. Uh, I wanted to be a teacher all throughout high school. Uh, I was challenged by a uh, accounting teacher in high school that I would be a horrible accountant. So I took that as a challenge and I uh, started go to college uh, to get an accounting degree. Turns out he was right. I didn't really want to be an accountant, but I went into the marketing field from there got an internship at BECU up in Seattle, Washington, and worked a year at BECU, then moved back home to Wichita, Kansas, and started at what at the time was Boeing Wichita Credit Union. Kind of went up through the the branch system, went into the marketing department where I was teaching financial education classes. And then in about 2009, our CEO came to me and said, you know, we're doing great work in the community, but we're not really reaching our members. So he challenged me to get certified as a financial counselor. And so for about the past 13 years, I've been doing financial counseling for our members here at the credit union, and then developing other ways that we can engage both our members and our communities to learn more about their personal finances, to grow in their personal finances, and have really taken an interest in all things finance and, and have really loved how we serve our members here at Meritrust. Nice. A teacher-heavy group. I like that. Chris, why don't we stick with you? You said, I believe, 13 years you've been doing this type of work. Maybe your definition has changed over time, or I'm sure it depends on who you're talking to or what they feel financial well-being means. But how would you define that term, financial well-being? Yeah. So if I can define it in one term or one word, I think I would use the word confidence. It's really building a member's confidence in how they feel about their finances. So 
if you break that down into kind of the four pillars of financial health, how they spend, save, borrow, and plan, it's all about giving them the resources, giving them the empowerment to take control of what they do with their personal finances and and grow them in that direction. So, you know, it's kind of a, a cop out with just one word, but confidence is really where I see people with their financial wellness and health. If they feel confident, then they feel empowered to make good decisions. If they don't feel confident, that's where we see other industries maybe jumping in and dictating where their money needs to go. Yeah. How about you, Cassandra? What does financial well-being mean to you? Financial well-being is, Chris, I love that, confidence. Feeling confident to move forward in a financially holistic way. I will also say being able to pivot due to job loss, due to medical um, impacts to your family. The pandemic was a big, a big um, time where it was just, we didn't, we never experienced something like this. So being able to create a safety net where you can move towards your financial goals while being prepared for any twists and turns that come along the way. Life happens at you fast. And I know a lot of people, especially in our communities, are living day-to-day, paycheck-to-paycheck. So financial well-being and understanding, okay, I can take control. So I would say confidence and being in control of your financial destiny and goals. That would be my definition. I think they hit the nail right on the head. Financial well-being is not about being wealthy or being well off. Financial well-being is about that confidence in your ability to make sound financial decisions and to rebound in the event of an emergency, a job loss, something that would upset your annual balances. You're not living paycheck to paycheck. You're able to not only take the blow of that financial emergency, but continue to live your life at a level at which you have become accustomed to. Why is it important for credit unions to play this role and to help people feel confident and feel financially well? I am a credit union development educator or DE class of June 2023. So I am fresh, but I think it goes back to our core principles. We are a cooperative at the beginning and what we are trying to do, we are here for our members. So when we talk about financial education, we are here for them. If we are not providing them a service, why do they keep coming back to us? At the same time, if we are doing things that other financial institutions are doing, so not explaining the interest rates, not explaining the terms and agreements and things like that, our members expect something higher from us because they are member owners. You don't want to own an institution that sometimes may have shady practices. So I think it all boils back down to we are cooperative. We are here for our members, and that's what we're designed to do. So whether that be helping, you know, the local community out with a grant or simply sitting down and having a discussion of this is what a budget looks like. Let's make a budget for you. That's what we as credit unions are here to do. 
Yeah, I think also to add to that, if members aren't receiving information from us at credit unions, they're going to go other places to find it. And we want to make sure that they're getting the most accurate information that is going to help move them forward as best as we possibly can. On top of that, if we are creating healthy members, then we are helping each other out as this is a cooperative. So healthy members help other healthy members. And on top of that, we we help the community as well. As we create healthier members, they're in their communities. They're influencing their friends and their family. So even though not every person in Wichita is a member of Meritrust Credit Union, we can still have an impact on Wichita by creating healthy members here that then go out in their communities and become good consumers and become good borrowers and good examples to their friends and their family how to do finances in in the best way that they can. Yes, I agree completely. With a credit union, coming from a traditional banking background into the credit union space, I thought I knew what credit unions, all that we do, and I was completely wrong. (laughs) We have products and services dedicated to our members for their financial growth. But with the educational piece is like, with credit unions, our annual percentage rate only go up to a certain percent, right? We have that cap. So we protect our members in a way that they may not even realize. And what I've noticed with credit unions, we tend to lend on the humble side, but we have to get this information out there. The fact that it's member owned, the fact that we have annual meetings where they can contribute to the decisions being made in their credit union, they own it. Um, We have volunteer board of directors. So it just goes back to our community space. That's the reason, like Autumn said, that we were even initiated um, to be member owned, to be a cooperative. So explaining all the opportunities to our members with the education to understand why this is even important, why is this valued in your life and your family, and then extend it to your household where you open up a children or a minor account, and then that initiative grows with the next generation. This is why it's so important because we want to continue this education well, well beyond ourselves, but into different directions generations into different aspects of our community as well. Chris, you also mentioned it when you're educating one person, it it's going to snowball down. Um, and Cassandra, you mentioned that can't always be humble. So here's the, <laughs> here's the time where you guys can talk a little bit about what your, what your specific credit unions do, um, what services, products that you have that boost financial well-being. So something that we do, um, being a CDFI, we have relationship-based lending. So with someone who is rebuilding or building their credit, sometimes they get pigeonholed into products and services where they have to put down a collateral, which will be like a secure credit card. That is completely useful, but it does kind of If we're thinking about it in a credit way, that utilization can only be so much. And these individuals may not have the funds to put down that collateral to start their credit building or their credit building journey. So what we do is relationship-based lending where how our member 
manage their checking account or their shares account and, and having direct deposit into their account, then we use that as a way to base credit approval. So you can start off a credit relationship or a credit building with knowing that your your credit union are us, we're looking at you as a holistic member, as a way where we see how you operate. We're giving you a chance and they take that chance and then we provide the education and financial counseling to understand how to manage that credit card and what's next for you. Let's talk about your financial goals. So that's one way that we contribute to our members. Another way we contribute to our community, we partner with nonprofits, we partner with community partners to, as I was talking earlier, the financial institution deserts, there's there's places that we can't touch via our branches, but we devise a plan where we can be mobile. So we'll bring our tablets, we'll have our financial wellness um, education seminars, and then we have an opportunity if someone does want to join our credit union that we can move all the barriers out of the way. We don't want to assume that someone is able to just go on our website and sign up. They may not have a computer. They may not have phone or just the technology aspect of it all. So we want to be there in the communities to help in the ways that we can help. So that's a little bit about what we do. That's great. And yeah, that point about bringing it, bringing it out in the community is crucial because yeah, not everyone is going to feel comfortable to act on it themselves or even know what process to take. So giving them that that opportunity to bring it right there is wonderful. Autumn, how about in Carolina's Telco? So we are, we're fairly small, but what we are able to do, again, just like Cassandra said, we're partnering with those nonprofits. We're partnering with people in the community to come out and present this information um, and really educate the community more on financial well-being. So like I said, I am a certified credit union financial counselor and at Carolina's Telco, we are actually working on a program like an internal counseling program for our team members so that they can learn to also be a credit union counselor, financial counselor, because what happens is when I came into the credit union space and I was introduced to the lending platform, I learned everything on the fly. They teach you a little bit, but the ins and outs of things, that's really what you learn on the fly. So we are creating an internal project to educate all of our front-facing staff so that everyone is on the same page so that when you go to one branch in Gastonia, you're hearing the same thing that you're going to hear in one of our Charlotte branches or our Columbia branch. North Carolina and South Carolina just last year in 2022 made it required to have a financial education or financial literacy course in their high schools. North Carolina will be with their economics course. South Carolina will be a separate course, but it is re- both of them are required to be passed to graduate. So what I have taken time to do, because I do have a passion for the public school system, is going in and offering to partner with these educators who usually don't have financial training, Say, hey, let me come in. Let me teach this session. Or what can we do to help you develop this curriculum? The states are doing the best they can to create a curriculum, but they're not financial counselors. They are not in the thick of it every day. So that's something that we're really working on is not just 
serving our members in our branches on financial well-being, but also reaching out into the community. I know I have a seminar coming up in April. It seems crazy that it's already coming up in April, but where we'll be teaching high school students more about financial well-being and managing money. There's a different program called Financial Lit and Fit that we do here in North Carolina in Charlotte specifically. It's a whole fair. They can ask us any questions they want. So what's the difference between a credit card and a debit card? What is an interest rate? Things like that. So we spend a lot of time in the community. That's why when I say my job is business development by title, there is much more community engagement and financial well-being, I think, that is tacked on there. How about you, Chris? Yeah, all of those sound like great programs that both these credit unions are running. And we have a, a lot of great products and services that we're utilizing as well. One of the development kind of issues that we're working on is transportation. In the Wichita area, the public transportation system is not robust. So it is very difficult if you don't have transportation to get around to your job, to get around to school, to to take care of your kids. So we're really working to find ways to say yes to more individuals, to allow them to borrow money in a responsible manner that allows them to have the dream of car ownership. Um, Another thing that we're really focusing on here at Meritrust right now is educating our employees. This past year, our financial well-being team that does our financial counseling We had 80 different appointments with our employees here within the credit union. As we build our employees up and as they feel more confident with their finances, we know that they're then able to share with the members that they come into contact with every single day. Not all those members are going to want to come and have a one-on-one meeting with us, but they do talk with our frontline staff on a regular basis. So I think one way that we're doing it maybe a little bit differently is that we're really focusing on making sure our employees feel confident with personal finances so that they can then pass that information on to the members that they serve on a regular basis. I guess none of this stuff is really just like a check the box. Everyone is financially well. How do you measure the success of maybe these individual programs or your financial well-being efforts as a whole? You know, I I think Cassandra talked a little bit earlier about how we don't humble brag a lot at credit unions, right? And so I think that we as credit unions are starting to tell our stories a little bit more, which is such an important way for us to then share with our boards, with our communities, with our members, what we're actually accomplishing. One thing that we've been able to do over the past few years is to partner with the Financial Health Network and use their Attune Financial Health Survey. So we've surveyed both our employees and our members a couple of years ago, and then we've started doing that yearly starting this year so that we can see what trends and what changes are happening, both within our employee base, but also within our member base. Along with the financial counseling, we're tracking the number of people that come in and see financial counselors on a regular basis. We're tracking the loan dollars that we're able to generate through that program so that we know that they are using those dollars to pay off high interest loans or doing responsible lending. We're even tracking no-show rates to figure out where we can best serve the members that we have and make sure that we are using the resources of our members in a responsible manner. So those are just some of the ways that we are tracking here at Meritrust, the way that we're able to have an impact. Of course, we also have our community partners that we partner with and 
the dollars that we're able to generate with them and then what they're able to do with those dollars in the communities that they serve as well. So just like we were talking, it's not just a one box check. It's not one, new, you know, fits all sizes. It is very much measuring success on each individual basis. When we measure success, it's not, oh, you have $100 saved. Oh, you know, you've paid off this loan. For us, it's really looking at the member individually. Okay, these are the goals they set out to reach. When we were having this discussion, they wanted to be debt-free in five years. Did we make it there? They want to recover from bankruptcy. Were they able to, you know, really bring that credit score back up? So I think for us, it's sometimes difficult to measure the success rate or put it into, I want to say, quantitative data. Because when I think of financial success and measuring the success of my members and the financial well-being efforts, I think of those individual stories, the family who comes in that we consolidated their debt down to a home equity line and they come to see me six months later. They haven't added the credit back to the cards. They haven't taken out different loans and things like that. So for me, it's hard to measure the success, but I like to have a documented plan. So are we seeing people come back in from our events? Are we seeing them come schedule appointments with us to ask more in-depth questions? So I always have a hard time measuring personally because I am one about the story. So I think it is that humble bragging for me. That's how I know that what we're doing is making a difference. Yes, um, it is. I, I agree completely. It's very hard to track the impact or the success, but the way that we see it is this conversation that we're having. The fact that this is on the forefront to begin with, that we're talking about why financial well-being is important. Even the language that we're using is important because we used to say a lot of used to say financial literacy. Now we're saying financial education because we understand that this goes well beyond a certain age group, a demographic or what have you. We all need it. Um, for me, the impact is when I see um, the financial goals achieve. So I am a certified, um, financial counselor as well. Um, so when I have one-on-ones with my members and I hear their goals and I help them develop a plan, they also have to put their skin in the game. They also have to have accountability. So teaching them how that looks like and then seeing them hold themselves accountable and their family unit accountable as well, that's impact. On another scale, having a financial seminar, the engagement portion of it, it makes my heart warm because you see people start getting comfortable sharing their story. I always start off with, this is an open forum as long as you feel comfortable, but them sharing their stories and then getting feedback from a reliable certified financial counselor, because let's face it, there's a lot of information out here. Is it all good information? No. So them taking it in, that's impact. And then on a bigger scale, Seeing the, the in, in my state, was a, a part of a financial counselor roundtable where one of our Maryland senators came in and talked about the legislation that is happening on a big scale in our schools to make financial education a, a, 
a part of the curriculum. So that shows impact. Right now, it is hard to measure, but seeing the outcomes in a personal way, in a personal way and on a larger scale, that shows the impact of what we're doing. And all the pieces that we're putting into this pot is creating this uh, realm where it's to the forefront, where it's taken seriously, where it's a, a non-negotiable. Yeah. You mentioned how more states are kind of requiring it in schools. And then for me, maybe because I hit a certain age or I got married and I had to start taking things more seriously, it seems like maybe people have been more aware and willing to have these conversations lately. I don't know if that's something you're seeing or if it's related to what happened with the stock market around COVID or auto and home lending. I don't know. Have you seen an increased effort or focus on financial well-being? I personally have. I think it's impacting a lot of people in different ways in all age groups. When we think about younger people, there's a lot of pressures that they go through that me being a millennial, I don't realize it until I talk to them that there's social media. There's this idea of you have to get money and you have to get it now. So those pressures are coming in, but then they are educating themselves through social media or different ways that are not reliable sources. So having a space where they can see us and see us in their schools and use us as a tool to confirm or, you know, just to get reliable resources. Now for millennials, we're getting hit in different ways because we're trying to do home ownership. And it does seem very difficult to like navigate through this economy. So that's where conversations are popping up there. And then we have our baby boomers who are going into retirement. And that's another financial stage that they're navigating. So you can see different age groups just trying to figure out how to make ends meet. And that's why these conversations are coming up because it's such a reality on all scales of people. Everything she just said is so, so, so accurate. When I think of financial education and who I'm focused on, everyone, I want to meet everyone. So I've already mentioned being in the schools for, you know, high school help. We can start that before high school. We can start having those conversations. I have a two-year-old. I'm already buying books to teach and talk to her about money at a young age. There are new apps being developed to talk about elementary school and younger children about financial well-being, financial education, what is money, what does this look like? But then you also go, again, to the opposite end of it. I volunteer a lot with the Alzheimer's Association of Western Carolinas, and one of the courses that I am certified and trained to teach is managing money. So not only is it just everyday living, it's what happens in the case of an illness. So again, where does that confidence come from? So I think not only are we at a time where inflation has played a large role, you have COVID. Obviously, COVID took its toll and we are still recovering. I think a lot of people are like, COVID's over, COVID's in the past. No, many families are still trying to get out of where they were. And now we're seeing companies doing layoffs because the economy is uncertain. So families who have spouses who went from making $50,000 a year to being laid off for out of six months out of the year, and they're just now starting to get that income back in. So I think it is our job 
to not only take this opportunity to put financial education and financial well-being in the forefront, but to do so in a manner that also shines a light on that we've been doing this the whole time. This is not something new to us credit union professionals. We have always strived to provide financial education and financial literacy to our members. Just now is the time that they're a little bit more receptive because unfortunately they're in a place that they don't know if they can get out of and get out of quick enough to save themselves. I agree. And I think, you know, the stakes are very high right now, right? When we go through something really big, like the pandemic back in 2008, 2009, the housing crisis, you always see people that are rushing to learn more so that we're not put back into the position that we were in before. And then there's this time period where we get comfortable again and where we get maybe a little bit lax in how we are managing our finances. So I think that times like now are perfect that we are in the recovery stage And so now is the time to jump on that and to remind families, remind individuals how important it is to stay vigilant with finances. I think you also see a time now where things are more expensive than they've been and wages have not kept up with that. So you have those individuals, especially that were already very vulnerable with their finances that are now feeling even more vulnerable and less confident with where they're at financially. So although it's great that we have schools that are starting to to teach financial education courses and requiring those courses, it can't just stop there. And it has to be a conversation that with our members at the credit union, we're continuing to have on a regular basis so that they don't put it in the back of their minds and think, you know what, that's great. I'm gonna use that education someday. Some days now. And if we can help our members to develop and build those habits that they need to have with their finances, hopefully we're able to help them be more resilient when something happens that causes a hiccup or or causes an issue with personal finances. But, you know, it's such an important thing to continue to develop and to continue to talk about, not just let it be one and done, but to engage that conversation over and over again. That is exactly what I tell my members. I can get you, we can work and we can get you out of this emergency situation, but you have to continue to maintain and learn as the landscape changes, just as we've seen with interest rates right now, you have to continue to learn and be ready for the ever-changing landscape. And I think that's one thing that credit unions are doing really well right now is we're not just preparing you for this financial emergency. We're preparing you for every day and you know where you can come to ask questions when that financial landscape may begin to change. Yeah, that last part's a great point too, because someone might not feel like the stakes are super high for them right now. But if you show your face or let them know that you're doing that work, there's going to be a point likely where they'll need some sort of advice or education. So those, those answers were wonderful. Yeah. And I I also want to add on to that is that when someone's in a financial bind or a financial strain, the tax, the toll that it does on their mental health is extreme. It can lead to very extreme ways to deal with it. So knowing that you have a community 
credit union that you can go to, have somebody that you can talk on the phone, go inside and see them actually in the branch is another reason why credit unions are so important. We always want to focus on how, you know, small we are, but I like to say we're close knit because with a traditional bank, yes, you might find them at every corner, but are you talking to somebody that you can actually touch and feel and understand and create a relationship with? Maybe not, but in a credit union space, you can. And that is really important, especially if somebody is in a situation where they need resource, but also they need relationship. And I, th- I think that's what we provide in a credit union space. And it's, it's, invaluable. It's important. Is there any specific member feedback that you recall or any member stories that you just thought were really special and want to mention, or even how often you hear from members about specific things or maybe ideas of things that you can implement? Every time I I end a counseling appointment, I, I end with a question similar to, has this been helpful? I, I always want to make sure that what we're providing is helpful. And it's amazing the number of times that members will say, I just didn't know what I didn't know, or I didn't know what I needed to do or where to turn. I think knowledge is so important and information is so important. And I think that a lot of times when we're really struggling with anything, we tend not to investigate it because we don't want to know. So if we can be there to be that knowledge base for our members and let them understand what's going on, but that we have an opportunity to help, then I think that's really important to, to be able to do. Yeah, there's there's lots of stories. I'm sure each one of us has a, a tons of stories that we uh, would love to share. One that jumps out to me specifically is a lady that I helped out who was able to retire early because she was able to get her budget under control and get her debt under control. And those those things resonate with me when I'm having a difficult appointment with somebody else. I, I I think back to those times where at the end of the story, we hear the the outcome, but sometimes those outcomes are hard to see in the middle of it. Yes, I can speak to some examples. So I work, one of our community partners, a nonprofit organization that we work with is DC Central Kitchen. And what they do is not only provide food to DC public schools, they also help with workforce development for individuals who are transitioning out of homelessness, returning citizens, and creating a workforce development program where they learn skills and culinary arts and then providing them jobs. So I work with them to provide the financial wellness piece because of course when you are have when you have a job you're going to have money and you need to know how to manage it. That's where I come in. But the relationship that I have with each student that I that I work with is ooh it's personal for me. It's a passion for me. For example, I had one student and he was trying to understand what credit is and didn't realize that, okay, I don't even have a credit score. I don't have anything. What? Where do I even begin? So having him join our credit union, take advantage of our 
um, relationship-based lending and then seeing him get approved for his first credit card. And recently he just called me and said, I got my first apartment. So walking with him through that journey of learning a skill, finding a job, building credit, and now having his own place, especially knowing the background of where he he's, has come from. So now that journey is is everything. And that's why it's very much a passion of mine, not just a career or work is passion. Yeah. So I had a great example, actually, last week. I was at one of our business partners and we had a table set up in the hallway right beside their break room, just kind of offering to answer questions or open memberships during their day, because we know it's hard for them to make it to the credit union when the credit union is open the same hours that they work. Um, And I'm talking to this guy and he's talking about this great interest rate he's got with a large bank. And you know, I'm telling him about the credit union and I, you know, he, he had a better rate. And I said, okay, yeah, you have a better rate, but what happens when you need to go talk to somebody? You know what I mean? When you need to have a conversation with someone, where do you go? He goes, oh, I just call, call the phone. I said, well, so that's one of the differences about credit unions. And so we were actually able to sit there and have a conversation about where he was holding his money. And I said, okay, so what happens when you need to get a loan? oh, I'll just borrow from my 401k. And, you know, we all cringe at that. We hear that and we're just cringing because he's like, I can borrow from my 401k for like a hundred bucks. I said, I, sir, I don't know who told you this, but that is not a thing. I said, yes, you can take loans out from your 401k. But we were able to sit down and have a conversation. And when he walked away, he took one of our pamphlets. So even though he knew he was happy with the interest rate that he was getting at a large bank, He knew that he could trust us as a credit union if it came down to him having questions about anything. So if we don't have the best rate, I'll be the first to say, oh, you got a good rate. Like I'm I can't compete with that right now. We all know rates are kind of crazy. But just knowing that I made enough of a difference that he walked away with a pamphlet with my name on the back so that he knew if he ever wanted to get a loan or if he had questions, he can just call me and my phone is always right beside me. Probably too often, in fact, probably more than those 40 hours a week we all work. But it was just that that aha moment of him knowing, oh, she knows what she's talking about. And if I need help, I could just reach out to her. That's great. And you all have personal stories. So obviously the financial well-being efforts are there and not just an idea. So that's wonderful. Anything going on in the, the near future at your credit union? Anything you want to? say before we hop off here? I think one thing that I would add would be to, you know, for individuals that are working in the financial well-being area or just in credit unions in general, find a network of like-minded individuals that you can visit with, you can run ideas back and forth with. I've got a couple of different groups that I'm part of that are credit union people that we meet virtually from all around the, the country. And it is so encouraging to know that there are other credit unions out there that are doing the work. Sometimes you can feel like you're on an island a little bit. And so finding a network of, of individuals that will encourage you, self-help is and self, self-care is so important in this field. 
So finding that encouragement, finding people that have good ideas at other places and allow you to borrow those ideas is wonderful as well. So just, you know, surround yourself with like-minded individuals that will continue to push you forward in the work that you're doing. And, and that's such a that's such a great encouragement to me, those people that are out there that do that for me. Exactly what Chris said. If I could say it again, I would, but he said it best. But surrounding yourself with people who understand your passion. I spend a lot of time with human resource professionals because of the role I'm in. But I have been so, so blessed to meet numerous different credit union professionals that also serve in the business development sector and spend a lot of time talking with our select employer groups or business partners, depending on what you call them. But just going out to lunch with them and just refilling my credit union cup because what we are doing makes a difference. But I think sometimes we get stuck in the weeds of it when we're trying to juggle all the requests and really... Sometimes it's easy to forget why we're here. And so when we do share that passion with fellow credit union um, people and really act as a cooperative, because I know I couldn't do my job without the help and the leadership that I have found from other credit union professionals. I think it's important to find a league or association. That's something that I have gravitated to, Young Professional Networks. We have a financial counselor roundtable within our association because it does get tasking, especially if you're a financial counselor, because you you empathize and you feel all the stories. So having someone or a space, as Chris said, to talk to like-minded individuals and to share best practices because there's always areas where you can approve on or you can help the, the other people. We're in a business of people helping people, essentially. 